Hello and welcome to Talent Talks. My name is David Allison. These webinars and podcasts provide an insight into the changing world at work. They're a conversation with those responsible for recruiting into companies large and small, as well as apprentices and graduates, to hear what it's really like. We're covering a wide range of occupations, industries, regions of the country to explore some of the many changes that are happening around us today, as well as the even bigger changes which are on the horizon. Not only the challenges brought about by the pandemic, but also the transformation to working patterns and the changing need for skills brought about by the huge growth in automation. And today we're looking at apprenticeships from a different perspective. Some of our guests are Matt Rawlins and Carlos from Kaplan UK. And unlike some of the employers we've talked to in this series, Kaplan may not be a name you're familiar with, but they provide the apprenticeship training and CPD for many large organisations in accountancy, finance and the world of digital. And of course, apprenticeships are slightly more complicated than either university or other entry-level roles. It requires a relationship between employers, the registered training provider, and the individual, or the apprentice. And we're going to explore all of that in a bit more uh, detail in a few minutes. But first of all, let's do some introductions. So Matt, uh, you first. I know that your background is in auditing. I see a fantastic photo uh, of a, an RLA lifeboat behind you. What was it that drew you into the world of apprenticeships and led you to your current role as, as uh, Director of Sales? So it actually stems back to when I um, left school, I guess. Um, for, for whatever reason, I decided that I didn't want to go to university. Um, I wanted to go to the world of work. Um, and I applied for some, some jobs as a plumber. And I applied for some jobs as an accountant. Uh, and I ended up getting a job as an accountant. Um, and at the time, apprenticeships weren't, weren't around. So um, unfortunately, it wasn't funded through, through an apprenticeship scheme. Um, but... I was fortunate enough to get a, a job with, with a company that supported me. Um, so they paid for my training. Um, so I did the training alongside the work and, and built up the skills in the workplace as you would do with an apprenticeship. Um, and since then I moved into the training uh, field, started as, as a lecturer um, and, and slowly moved around, bounced around Kaplan to my current position where, where now I'm responsible for, for telling people how great um, how great of an organisation sort of Kaplan is, but also how good apprenticeships are um, and, and how accountancy and IT can take you into different areas outside of the norm. Um, so I'm an accountant, but I'm not an accountant, if that makes sense. Um, I'm, I'm no longer practising, but it's got me to where I am today. Cool. We'll, we'll come back to a lot of those things you, you've just introduced to Matt. That's brilliant. Carla, how about you? You're, you're one of the army of tutors that actually kind of make the whole thing work. You're the one that delivers the training to, to the apprentices. Yes, I am. So I just started with Kaplan recently as a business analyst tutor, uh, which is actually a little bit of a deviation from where I started my professional career. I started actually as an English teacher. Uh, I'm, I'm originally from Brazil. Um, and I used to be an English teacher there. I came to England, but being someone like a foreigner who teaches English will be awkward. So uh, I ended up going into business and working in admin jobs and ended up working with project management, uh, which overlaps with business, business analysis as well. And uh, from there, I had the chance of putting my teaching experience with my business experience all together uh, and now I am a business analysis tutor, I've uh, done qualifications to do so and it's, um, it's a great opportunity to work with apprentices uh, really because when you think about what an apprenticeship provides and I can tell you from a 
from a different uh, uh, worldview as well, from a worldview from someone who, who comes from a different country. Um, it's nice to see that you know the UK has this uh, program and this approach to like, okay, let's allow people to learn while they work, uh, and it's fantastic. Uh, we do have something similar in Brazil, but it's not as developed and it's not as focused on. And I just thought it was great, and it's great to be part of this. And uh, and yeah, I think that's it. You know, it's great to hear that that different perspective because I think those of us that work very closely in the sector, we spend a lot of time criticising the flaws we see. So thank you very much indeed. It's really good to hear. Um, and that actually, Matt, I mean, that gives us a, a nice lead into the next question, which you know, if you're a parent making decisions or supporting um, your child or if you're a careers advisor giving advice, things like universities are really easy to understand. You have UCAS, you have league tables, you know where you're going, off you go. Not quite like that in apprenticeships. So maybe you could give us a quick primer on apprenticeships and how they work. Of course. So, um, I mean, I think that's it. And whether it whether it's at 16 or, or whether it's 18 after A-levels, I think the decision from a um, from a parent, of, of, from a carer, it's it's really difficult to know. Well, when is an apprenticeship the right route, and, and when is um, university or, or further college? And and I use my own example of not knowing what to do, plumbing or accountancy. Actually, it turned out well in the end. But um, if I'd have done that a couple of years earlier. It perhaps wouldn't have done. So again, going back to my career, I could have perhaps had that decision at 16 on maybe I'm going to leave here and, and get an apprenticeship straight away. And, and I'm very glad that I didn't do it at that point and I made the decision to do A-levels to take me through because you've got something to fall back on. Um, and I see that very same thing with apprenticeships. Actually, at the age of 18 or 16, if you know I want to be an accountant, if you know that you want to do a certain career and, and that's where you're going to head, then it makes sense to move into apprenticeships at that early stage. But if you're unsure or, or actually maybe you, you just want to experience life a little bit more and, and, and learn to live on your own a little bit more, then that's really, I feel, what university is able to deliver that apprenticeships perhaps doesn't. Um, it's that life experience, living with somebody else, learning to live on your own, and doing that before you have to learn getting a job. Because if you do it at the same time, you're, you're, you're getting the job and you're doing your apprenticeship at the same time, then, um, then it can be challenging. Having said that, the great thing about today's um, support that we've got from the government is, is actually you're probably not making the decision of apprenticeship or university. The decision you're actually making is apprenticeship now, or university and then an apprenticeship. Because actually, a lot of it, and certainly in finance, you've got a, a graduate route in and they will be doing apprenticeships. Um, so you're either going to be going to university and then going on to apprenticeship, or you're going to be starting an apprenticeship straight away. It's an interesting one, isn't it? It often strikes me that people present it as being that kind of choice of either um, technical or university, or either apprenticeship or university. And actually, those, those aren't actually valid choices, are they? These days, the system is far more integrated. Definitely. And, and, and I've often, I mean, I've, I've always been given advice around finance, careers in finance, and how do you get into finance? And, and my advice to actually anybody who, who thinks, actually, no, I'm not ready for an apprenticeship now, but I know I want a career in accountancy, I know I want a career in finance. Um, my advice would be, 
don't do accountancy at university. My advice would be do something that brings you those wider skills. Do something like philosophy. Um, we've had people from history backgrounds that give you that wider experience that you can then bring to the accounting world. Um, our apprenticeship programs are very good. We'll, we'll teach you the skills and behaviours and the knowledge of being an accountant. Um, and, and actually use that time to, to, to grow your, your knowledge and, and, and to grow your experience so that if accountancy isn't right for you, you've got something else that you can fall back on. And I think accountancy is probably one of the, the kind of the leading edge areas of, of apprenticeships and certainly for a number of years. For me, it's always struck me as being probably the best way in if you know that's what you want to do, because it does get you there quickly without the debt and you get the professional qualifications, which is what really counts when you get into, into that world. Without a doubt, and, and I can only look at myself when I say that. So at the age of 21, I had qualified as an, as an accountant with the ACCA. I was had moved to Kaplan and I was actually a lecturer at the age of 20. Well, yeah, at the age of 21, it was a month before my first, uh, my thir uh, 22nd birthday that I started teaching. And I'm teaching graduates. I'm teaching 24, 25 year olds that, that have gone to university and chose a slightly different yeah, it was interesting, as an engineer myself, you know, a lot of my colleagues went off to go and become auditors to, you know, some of the big firms at the time. So it, it's very different. And, and Carl, I mean, the world of, of kind of information systems analytics, that's one where we're seeing it evolve really quickly when it comes to apprenticeships. Sorry, say again. The world of, of analytics and, and data oh, yes. programs particularly, that's one where it's really moving quickly now, I think, in, in the world of apprenticeships. Yes, it is. Uh, I think that's the digital side of things. Well, it makes sense, doesn't it, that it's growing so fast if we see the world that we're living in at the moment, especially with the challenges that we're facing. I think it's even pushing more people towards digital. And uh, the digital side of things has got, well, it's got a variety of different standards that people can choose uh, from infrastructure technicians. I think they changed the standards slightly. Now it's got a slightly different name, but uh, it's, it's infrastructure technicians and data analysis and business analysis, which is slightly different. I can get into the, the, the details, but I won't yet. Um, and you've got things like software developer and software tester and uh, DevOps engineers, cybersecurity engineers. It's, it's amazing, you know? And I do think that, you know, Kaplan did really well in starting uh, offering these kinds of apprenticeships because if you think about the clients that they have, you know, people like big banks and finance, what is it that they want? They want someone to deal with the digital size of things, someone to, you know, uh, do software for them or to, you know, deal with their infrastructure or to um, deal with their data, deal with their change programs, which is what I'm, you know, um, with what I work with, which is business analysis, it's all about change and transformation projects and things like that. So, uh, so yeah, so I think it's really valuable. Uh, and I do think that we need to encourage more people and sorry for the comment that even more girls to go into these and actually, you know, pursue a, a digital career. I think it's, it's very valuable. And it is interesting, I think one of the issues we often have with um, analytics is it's presented as a very kind of male spreadsheet orientated um, kind of career, but actually it's all about people, problem solving, patterns and, and so on, isn't it? Yes, yes it is. When it comes to, well, business analysis and data analysis, they do overlap to a certain extent. It's all about understanding the business and understanding uh, 
how to move businesses forward and making decisions and uh, you know predicting or trying to make predictions based on the data that you have and the information that you have and um, but yes it seems like the whole world of IT up to even now it's very male dominated and I, I find it brilliant when women decide to you know uh, get into it and start working with things like data analysis and business analysis uh, I do think that data analysis you see a little bit more women uh, but things like software and infrastructure is, is a little bit more difficult and I am one of those who I'm a big advocate I'm like yes go girls we can do this I think one of the other things that we're seeing is obviously those skills are going across many different sectors now. So it originally used to go work for one of the kind of the big IT organizations if that's where you wanted to go. But now it seems to me that whether it's retail or sport or whatever else, all of those sectors now have digital at the heart of what they do. Yes, they do actually. Well, to be honest, a lot of what we do is based, I don't think organizations nowadays can operate, nowadays can operate if they don't have a digital side to it. Uh, they need to consider their network, their infrastructure, uh, the hardware that they use, the software that they use. So it's not only IT nowadays, more and more organizations are choosing to do it themselves as well rather than outsource. So they need the skills, they need people who can do that. And apprenticeships are, are brilliant for that because they, a lot of people when they fall into IT, they, they simply land the job, especially in data analysis and business analysis. Uh, things like software is a little bit more specific, so you may have already a little bit of a background, but a lot of people land these jobs and they don't have any formal qualifications and then suddenly they have the opportunity to do an apprenticeship and actually study and see the theory of things, what we call the knowledge, but also be able to apply that in terms of skills and develop their skills as well. So I think it's great. Yeah, that comes across. Um, so Matt, back to you. Uh, one of the, I think the challenges that, that we pick up is the lack of understanding of what the apprenticeship actually is. So we all understand the university, we understand Freshers Week, you join the clubs and off you go. If, if a young person joins a Kaplan apprenticeship, what is their experience? So um, I think that is a very good question. And, and um, what an apprenticeship tries to do is um, combine uh, the knowledge that you would get through university um, with that world experience of, of being in a workplace and doing a job and, and, and actually understanding how the real world works. Um, and that's exactly what an apprenticeship does. It, it marries the two up um, and it ensures that there is almost this three-way agreement between the apprentice, so, so, so the, the pupil who, who, who's looking to, to progress their career, their training provider, such as Kaplan, and the employer. And between the three of us, um, we sign an agreement at the start that says we're going to support this individual student. The pupil is the apprentice is going to work um, towards their career. They, they're going to have to do some studying in the evenings and weekends. Um, although they will be given some time off during the workplace, um, they're going to have to study. They're going to have to work hard um, in order to, to get their qualifications. The employer is saying, yeah, we're going to give you those experiences. We're going to help you apply the knowledge that you learn um, with your training provider in the workplace. And, and we're also going to give you 
um, 20% of your time to train towards that. Um, and then obviously the training provider, Kaplan, uh, we're there to give you that core knowledge. We're there to make sure that you're going through, you're being supported by your employer, um, and you're getting through your exams. So what's the experience? Well, I can only go back on my own experience. And again, I didn't do it um, as an apprenticeship, but, but as, near, as near as possible. Um, and my only experience is that actually it was a little bit going into the deep end, but at the same time, I was. I didn't find it overwhelming. I was. I was at college during the day sometimes um, on day release. I was studying in the evenings. Um, I even took a couple of weeks off where I had money, which was nice. Um, and I went and did a uni tour of all my mates at university. Um, and I drove around for two weeks, going to all, all of their unis and, and cashing up them. The only difference is I could afford the drinks, um, and they were on the, the one pound shots of snake bite or whatever it is, and, and I, I got to drink some nice. And I think it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because it is such a different relationship in terms of, with education. Um, because I, I kind of cast my mind back to, I've taught in both um, HE and in apprenticeships, and, and in the world of universities, that lecture theatre with 200 people in front of you, you know, it's pretty daunting on both sides of it. But actually, apprentices can get an awful lot of, of very personalised coaching and support. And Carl, I know that, that's part of, of your role, isn't it? Yes, it is as well. Yes, as well as being a tutor, I'm what we call a talent coach. So um, what we do is we provide support to the apprenticeship on a one-to-one -one basis so that instead of simply being one person, as you say, in a lecture room, they get more personalised approach. Um, what, apprentice, what apprentices will have to do at the end of their apprenticeship is go through endpoint assessment, which is their final assessment uh, component of the apprenticeship. And um, in order for them to achieve, once they get there, I'll be there to help them, to make sure that they are meeting the criteria, that they know what they're doing, that they actually produce good pieces of work because it's all about providing evidence that you are learning. You, you can't simply go and, and watch and, okay, what have you learned? I just turned up and, you know, the lecturer was talking about something. I appreciate that you will have essays and you will have assignments that you have to do, but at, at least in that case, in the case of a princess, I'll be there to support them and to guide them through, uh, to check what they're doing, as I said, on a more personalised, um, or offering a more personalised experience as well. So apprenticeships, then, they're definitely not the easy option, but it also sounds like there's quite a lot of support there to help you be successful if you, if you choose that route. Yes, yes, there is. There is a lot of support, especially if you are my level. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I would imagine that they'll, they'll all get support. There'll be lots of requests, Carla, like, coming in, you know, for your app, what are your it's also it's also worth adding there though that you also got the support from the, the yeah. from the employer as well. Quite often, your line manager has gone through that same experience, and so so not only do you have the support of of your tutor, your talent coach, um, but you've got the support. And we quite often hear stories of kind of groups of apprentices from, from employers getting together. So it may not be quite the same as the university experience, as you said earlier, Matt. We've actually got money, so you can go out and do these things together, and, and the social life can be positive too. Definitely, and I'm still friends with uh, the, the people that I studied with. Um, so yeah, you, 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 are, you study with a group of people and you go through a cohort together. So for three years, I, I studied as you would do at university with a group of people. Um, but yeah, we, we just didn't live together. Exactly. Um, so look, kind of change subjects a little bit and looking forward five or 10 years, I mean, the, the skills landscape 
is is changing. You obviously are very lucky. You get sort of lots of different employers now all the time about kind of their changing skills needs. Getting the crystal ball out, where do you think we're going in terms of skills? What are the skills that you would be recommending to kind of your kids and, and others you know if they want to be successful in the future? Sorry, my, my internet cut off a little bit there. Um, so I only caught the end of the question there. I believe you were asking um, if we were... Um, Sort of ten years down the line, what skills were? Would, yeah, what are the what are the skills that, that employers are increasingly looking for? Where, where's the future of the skills agenda, as it were? Is it shifting as quickly as some people are making out with things like the fourth industrial revolution? I think it, it, it's, it's an interesting concept um, because um, I think we've moved quite far without realizing how far we've moved already, um, and there's lots of things that have been the um, key skills that we still haven't properly developed. So, so take Microsoft Excel, for example. Microsoft Excel has been around for years, um, but it is still a vital skill that a lot of people need in their workplace. Um, so yes, we're going to see things become more digital. Yes, these analytical skills, these data skills are going to be more vital, but they're going to be more vital in generic roles. Um, Take any role, for example. Take take a, a within my team a salesperson. Um, in their in their team, they've got a number of people, um, and the people that really thrive, the people that can take that data, analyze that data, pull out a useful contact list, and then and then push that out, and then contact them in the old school, pick up a phone and, and, and give them a call, and, and and try and get in touch with them. So, yes, there there are skills that are going to be needed and there's going to be loads of new job roles created in 10 years time that, that we don't even know the titles of because it's going to be something wacky and new but it's also the development of those existing roles um you're never not going to need accountants but the accountant's role is going to be very different and, and will they have to be using more technology uh, and, and software programs to assist them in analyzing and, and forecasting and advising without a doubt Carla, what's your take on it? Yes, I agree with what Matt said, and I do think as well that it is a case of um, being able to make use of the technology that we have in place. But not only that as well, I do think that nowadays with the overdose of information that we get, critical thinking is one of those things that comes, you know, decision making, problem solving, because truly what a lot of people think is that technology will solve the problems for them, but technology is just a tool. You need to know how to use it, and if you don't, it won't do the work for you. So yes, Excel is an example. Great, I can put numbers in a spreadsheet. What can I do with it? It doesn't solve any problems for me. So I would say that in already, and it's already been, but I think it's something that we need more and more, is the, re the reliance that we have on technology needs to come with critical thinking, with problem solving, and with understanding which tools are better for us, which tools actually help us do the work that we do. Uh, that's I always talk about that. It's one of the things that I always talk when I talk about business analysis as well. I always say, look, you have loads of models that you can use. Some of them will do the work better than others. You just need to be able to think about which ones work better for you, which ones you're going to apply, yeah, so I think that that's, that's, that's it. 
And if I can just add on to that as well, I think that is one of the great things about an apprenticeship. Now, I'm not saying that if you do an apprenticeship in accountancy, that you're necessarily going to end up being an accountant. But what you will do is you will develop those work skills and you will develop those behaviours that means that actually you can move into a number of different fields. Um, over the years, I've had um, students who qualified as an accountant leave. Uh, one set up his own brewery. Uh, another one, uh, she heads up a, a, a group of beauty salons. And because of the knowledge and expertise and skills that they've got throughout their, their apprenticeship, they felt that actually they can take this and, and go somewhere else. So I think, and I, I, I did comment in it earlier, sometimes apprenticeships can close doors. I think they, that they open up a lot of doors because they are in themselves something you can fall back on. Okay, you might not use the knowledge, but the skills and behaviours, that's going to set you up for life. And certainly in accountancy, it is just, it's a great way of learning the language of business so that you can understand almost any business and that, that sets you up no matter which direction you want to go in. Yeah, yeah, and, that, and that's it. And, and uh, I would always advocate an accounting background, even though I don't use it. But um, it, it certainly wouldn't, I wouldn't be where I am without it. Cool. So, uh, Matt, if people want to find out more about Kaplan and, and the programmes that you offer, where should they go to, to find out more? Of course. So, um, best place to go would be to, to kaplan.co.uk. Um, and on there, you'll be able to find out about our accountancy, finance, uh, data and IT programmes. Um, of course, uh, more than happy for people to reach out and get in touch with me as well. Um, and so, so you, you'll find me on LinkedIn somewhere, I imagine. Um, and uh, yeah, really, um, we should be pretty much um, e easy, easy to get in contact with. And, and for those careers advisors out there, um, if you want a Kaplan representative, if you want a recruitment advisor to come and, and support you in presentations, um, then we're more than happy to do that. It, we really want to get out and support um, young people in the community in terms of getting getting into apprenticeships or, or not, and just making the right decision. That's great. And then we'll obviously put links to that on the website, although I should obviously point out that other training providers are available. Um, uh, Matt, Carla, thank you so much indeed for your time today. It's been really interesting to hear about apprenticeships from your perspective and understand a little bit about the world of accountancy, um, IT analytics, and as well as Kaplan. So thank you so much. Uh, next time, we will be moving in a completely different direction, and we're going to be talking to Coca-Cola. Now, Coca-Cola is far more than just the red can we see on the shelves. They're behind a load of other big brands, as well as having to consider manufacturing, uh, considering distribution and sales as well. So do join me next time when we'll find out a bit more about the red can. <laughs>